passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Joining me today to break down a depressing Falcons performance is former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mihaly. Ovi, how you doing? Uh, I've had better days. Uh, It was especially frustrating because I was there in the third row. Okay, uh, good. I was really hoping you were there because we're going to get to, to the crowd, the atmosphere, all that stuff later, but continue. Yeah, no, um, I, I need to post a video of the terrible towel. I, I didn't catch it at best because it was just blinding. Uh, terrible yellow towels, terribly turning in circles with people's hands. Twirl- it was just so annoying to have all around me just a roar of Steelers fans whenever yeah. something good happened, which was quite often. And I, I just... I expected better out of uh, the fans, the city, the stadium, the the, the team. And it, it was uh, frustrating. So it just made uh, it put poor salt into the wound. It would have been bad if the fans were just, you know, average, but they were geeked up. They were excited. They were on 10. And uh, it, it wasn't a great feeling walking out of there. I could not leave there fast enough. Wow, man. Yeah, that that's really, you know, it's Pittsburgh. They're they're a fan base that has yep, people they travel all well. across the country. They travel really well. But man, that yeah, that's that's depressing. And actually, before we kind of dig fully, fully into the game, I, I did want to mention that uh I saw Brian Finneran at the new car wash right uh near our our collective houses yes. uh, this morning. And I have to cool. assume that he was going down to the game. Did did you run into him there? I mean, he was decked out in Falcons gear. He I did not see I was him going there. to the game. Um, it was like a, a 90s throwback type of theme. Uh, That's so what I heard. they had uh, Jesse Tuggle and uh, a couple of uh, old school dirty birds. I think the the team that went to the Super Bowl, the first yeah, one, the only team that went to the Super Bowl, but only had like five guys there. But uh, they all looked great. Uh, I forgot the names of the other guys, but it was a nice little shout out to them. And so I know they were bringing back old players, but it was uh, I mean, it was a nice game until you know we got into the game. So. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for hoops betting and all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events 
Whether we're talking NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's that easy. Just make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, well, let's let's get into the game. It's it's another low scoring one possession 1916 type of game. But it seemed like from the get go, the Steelers were 100 percent all in ready to play this type of game. And they kind of out falconed the Falcons in a lot of ways. I mean, just established the run, got some great chunk plays through the air, which is what it's the missing piece of this offense that's never really yep. kind of arrived for Atlanta. And Arthur Smith said in his postgame press conference that they actually were a little bit more aggressive than kind of has been the normal for this offense, right? Like it's it's been very run oriented, but they actually came out and kind of threw the ball a little bit more early on because they felt that Pittsburgh was going to be all in against the run. And again, Marcus Mariota can't really connect when they need him to that really held the Falcons back. I think early on was it, did it deflate kind of the limited number of Falcons fans that were in the building? I mean, how did, how'd you feel about the start of this game? Because it really was slow going for Atlanta. Yeah. The, the, the start wasn't what we wanted. It wasn't what we needed. Um, we had a bunch of, uh, well, we had a nice little pocket of Falcons fans around us that we were talking trash to the Steelers and we were <laughs> talking about what we were going to do and how we were going to show that, you know, we could, do more than just run the ball. But watching Marcus uh, and several of his receivers almost connect and almost hit him in stride and and almost, you know, get on the same page, you know, it, it almost drove me crazy because you, you saw the potential and you saw how close you were to, like you mentioned, being more aggressive on offense and having the, the opportunity to show that we're not a one-dimensional team, but we don't have the personnel to do that right now. Yeah, and and I came into this game feeling, and I, I talked about it on Thursday's podcast and and everything, but that depending on the outcome of this one could really dictate how Atlanta plays out the final four games. And after losing it, and now they're sitting at five and eight, Tampa Bay and New Orleans play tomorrow night, but whoever wins that, if New Orleans wins, they're five and eight, and they have a tiebreaker over Atlanta based on week one, Tampa Bay wins it, you know, they're they're moving up and and away from Atlanta into further holding on to first place. So the Falcons are just in a really bad spot. And going into the bye week, maybe this is a chance to reorient what this season is about. And maybe it is a little bit of, all right, what do we have for next year? Let's figure out what our pieces are, who we haven't got a real clear answer yet. But what is this time like? Going into a bye week, obviously, I, you know, I'm assuming here, but I don't think you ever had a bye week in your career that was this late in the season. But kind of what is this time like for somebody like Grady Jarrett or Jake Matthews or AJ Terrell or, you know, people who know that they're going to be here next year? Yeah. Like what kind of discussions are they having right now? Man, um, they're having discussions to where. I mean, the season's been over. It's 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 over but for them because they, they're like not. It's, this is final. Like yeah, this is, now it's over. I mean, yeah, I, I think that 
those guys who've been around the league uh, enough or a while, they have a understanding to be professionals and to work their hardest and to always give their all because they know people are watching them and they are mm-hmm. not just the coaches, but uh, their teammates are going to see how they prepare, how they perform and the effort they give. And it has to always be uh, the maximum effort. But you can still give the maximum effort and, and be a realist and understand that we just don't have the pieces to be dangerous uh, at this time. We're, we're not a Super Bowl caliber team. And and the guys who know that their, their jobs are going to be, uh, um, you know, comfortable or that their jobs are, are, are going to be there next year and the year after and probably as many years as they want to stay here mm-hmm. are, are also going to understand that I need to make sure I take care of my body. I need to make sure yeah. that um, I, I, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go the last couple of games and and give my best. I'm ready to lead the team and uh, you know kind of put the the Falcons culture that I want to see in future years on tape for everyone to see. So uh, you know, it's it's really a, about just a chance to prepare to to finish strong because that's all the bye week was for me. Um, as much as I, whether I thought we were going to go to the Super Bowl or I thought that we were just going to finish out the season, I always knew that what you put on film is is forever. And so yeah. this, despite that, it, it was always about, you know, what could I do to, now that I have some time, let me really go back and watch some film uh, from the last game, three games ago, two games ago. And we had a great staff uh, that had a, Cutups for us, like they'll show like yeah. all the pass blocking plays. They'll show the all the, uh, the, the third, third downs or all yeah. the run plays, or you know what I did on short yardage and and how I can get better and uh, being able to to use that as time to find out, uh, I guess, self scout and see mm-hmm. what you don't do well and what people are looking at. There's always weakness, or there's a weak weakness of the offense. How can we make that? a strength, at least not as much of a weakness. So that's, I think that's what the um, the vets are going to be doing. The The guys mm-hmm. who are, are new are just going to be scrambling. Uh, you probably will have some dummies out there who go uh, vacation, find some two, three, four-day uh, vacation spots. And I have no problem <laughs> with, you know, relaxing and recharging. But there are some real dummies out there who are going to go to Vegas and who are going to go, yeah. and, you know, uh, to Cancun and go, like, places that you would say, there's no way an NFL player in season is actually doing that. Now, granted, I, I did get married on my bye week, uh, so I had a wow. you know, a, a big event. What was uh, that like? It was it was detour. interesting. Yeah, was it was a like? big detour. But l- luckily, you know, my wife was doing everything, and all I did have to do was <laughs> show up. I, I chose a couple of things and made sure, like, I had enough room for my, my parents, my family, and how many you are, are you inviting? But it was my uh, coincidentally my last season in the NFL, um, mm. it's why I got, I got injured. So yeah. I was just like, don't get injured, okay? I don't want you on some crutches during our wedding. And uh, truth be told, it was our second wedding because we we got married. I don't know why people, more people don't do this. We just got married uh the courthouse, just a couple of our parents, so we nice. can get married yeah. before the season because we're like, you know, I'm not waiting for the mid-season to do a huge wedding. Yeah, let's just do it. Get married, we're together. You know, she moved in uh, and then we want to have our big, wedding during the bye week but it, it ended up not that great because i i had just torn my mcl and acl yep. pcl and um ah, that I, sucks dude i'm, I'm sorry she's trying to do this while i'm high on medications <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i mean just be smart in the bye week you you know what you got to do just be smart 
And I mean, first off, that's an awesome story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, but one of the main reasons why the Falcons have, I think, kind of stayed away from really seriously getting into the Desmond Ritter and, and the quarterback change conversation is because of the message that it would send in the locker room. And Arthur Smith has hinted at that uh, at times, if, if not outright yeah. kind of said about the message that it, it sends kind of to these guys who are maybe on one year deals fighting for their life. Like you said, tape is everything in this league and you got to put it all out there for everybody to see because you're auditioning for 31 other teams every single snap. So yeah, like those guys, it matters. And if you just suddenly in the middle of the season, pull a Nathan Peterman, like the bills did a few years ago when they took out uh, Tyrod Taylor and, and just inserted him for a game and it was a disaster. Like, that does resonate within the locker room and people say, all right, what are we doing here? Like, what yeah. is the goal? But does that message still kind of, is that the same message? I guess I should say at this point at the bye week if they make that quarterback change, is it still going to be kind of received maybe as poorly as it would have been a couple of weeks ago if the Falcons had, had decided to go to Ritter at that point? No, I mean, you had a great point in the, in the last pod, with I'm sure everyone's listened to it by now. And everybody, um, of course, and you said something that really made me think, which is about the real um, message it was sent to players in the locker room. If you're making those changes all willy nilly and with what Marcus has gone through the first time where he got sat down, asking him to come back would mm -hmm. be a disaster. Uh, and so you had to make sure that it was something that you wanted to stick with. If you made that decision. And uh, as far as the loyalty that uh he has for the players and you know, marcus included but hey if i put you here i'm gonna give you every chance to fail uh type of um i think i think message is a good one to let players know you know this coach is going to honor his word this coach is going to uh let the veterans uh lead the team this coach is going to uh be a player's coach when it comes to to playing time but at some point even the vets even the players they've got to be able to see that dang Marcus is throwing <laughs> into like double coverage. Dang. Yeah. Marcus is missing guys by, you know, a couple of feet. Dang. Mm -hmm. Marcus is throwing behind people. Dang. Marcus is a really nice guy. Really love his energy. Really love his leadership. But as far as it comes to winning games, he hands the ball off like, like, like a pro. And he's <laughs> good at checking out in and out of the right, uh, um, you know, plays. But I think we need to see what we have in Desmond Ritter. Mm -hmm. And so doing it now won't be as big of a, uh, I think, a, a chance or uh, having as much of a negative consequence because people are, are fed up. They're tired of losing. And right now, sometimes even if it's a lateral movement, just a movement shakes things up. Sometimes you'll see when you change mm -hmm. a coach, you fire a head coach from an interim coach. Not that much big of a difference in the coaching style, but it gets people riled up and say, okay, you know, we're switching things, yeah. we're making big moves, and it's a spark. And sometimes you see these these uh, quarterbacks, they they come in there like, you know, nothing to lose because usually they have nothing to lose. The coach is called on them. They're like, hey, I, as long as I'm not better, worse than that guy, and that guy is really bad, I should be fine. Let me just play loose. So yeah. I think right now it's a great time with the bye week. We thought about, you know, with the long weekend uh, a couple of weeks ago that, mm -hmm. hey, we should do it then because we we got time to learn the playbook or to go over 
uh, you know, some of the um, the plays more and it didn't happen. But now the bye week, you've got to, got to, got to make that change. Uh, we were yelling it. We were screaming at the top of our lungs. There were fans <laughs> behind me, in front of me, left or right, all saying, Desmond Ritter, Des- put Desmond <laughs> Ritter's time. Let's go. You know, this is – when he threw that interception, the mass exodus and the towel waving mm-hmm. was just like on 10, like the sensory overload, the negative sensory overload was so high. And I was just like, man, if Arthur Smith is not seeing this, hearing this, feeling this in his bones from this stadium and the fans just booing uh, uh, on the field, he's tone deaf. And I, I understand not coaching for the fans, but you have to coach for your team too. And the, yeah. the team on the, we sat behind the Falcons bench again, third row, great, great uh, seats. It was just so, uh, like, like you got a balloon, he's popped it. Everybody was just, yeah, just deflating. <sighs> and you know, a lot of hands in the head, <laughs> uh, palms up, surrender cobras, their head, the whole, the whole thing. So it's, it's time. But you know yeah. what? I, I, I don't have, I, it's 50 50 for me. I feel like Arthur Smith could be, that type of uh, just not prick or prude, but type it's so stubborn that you're like, I'm not going to do it just because you want me to do it. I'm going to do it when I feel like doing it. I'm I, do I it don't think so I don't it, think that's the case. I, I, I think, do. I, I think that he I think that he's been he's been very clear and he's just been very open and honest. And he's told us what he's doing the whole time, which is like as long as we're in playoff contention, we still feel that Marcus Mariota gives this team the best chance to win, which you can't really argue with given the number of one score games that Atlanta's found themselves in. They're just not good enough yet to kind of get over that final hump. And Marcus Mariota has been part of the problem. I'm not sitting here saying that he is the reason Atlanta has been in these one score games. It's just that you can't really argue. I think with the logic that unless Desmond Ritter, unless he starts these final four games and comes out and is playing really well. And I think it's telling that in this game, the Falcons lost to a quarterback who went in the 2022 NFL draft and is a rookie in Kenny Pickett who played pretty well and outplayed Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Better than Marcus position. Like, yeah, that is telling. And that is part of the storyline here in this game. But I, I do think that Arthur Smith isn't necessarily doing this just because like he brought in Marcus Mariota and that's his guy. Yeah. Despite you, OV, all of that (laughs) stuff. I, I just think that, like I, I understand the logic. If if you think the Marcus Mariota and his veteran leadership and kind of the things that he does to keep them on track and and on schedule most of the time, so far this season, like that's helped Atlanta's offense more than it's hurt it. It's just really over the last like five games, it's really started to hurt, and there's very little benefit to like what he's doing. He's he has not had a okay, Marcus Mariota is kind of the reason Atlanta won that game. Like Never. He was yeah, like one, one time or, where we like, yeah. Yeah. It was that or, one game he did really well. And then like, it's, it's in so Carolina, because, the first game, like he was yeah. bad, but he was also good. Like it, there was, it, there it's, were a it's always that he, yeah. he'll have a couple of plays and they're all like plays. A high school quarterback should be able to make, like he'll have a reverse <laughs> and then he'll throw it. And like every now and then he'll have like a little spark. Will he evades a defender and evades second one and throws in the ring. Like, Oh, Marcus is kind of good. Yo, you know, Marcus Mariota can yeah. be a, a, a guy. And then he has like a boneheaded play like afterwards and, you know, and just misses a, a wide open guy. And so it, it's very difficult to, to like him consistently. It, it's like, ooh, yeah. ooh, oh, oh, ooh, oh. Ugh. And the team I, started great. to kind of follow that path for as consistently as they've been able to, again, be in these one score games. Like 
you can tell that, yeah, you need a quarterback. Like you need your quarterback to step up and, and kind of be the leader. And it was also very telling when he threw that interception, how loud it got in the building. I mean, the, the amount of Steelers fans at this game. And again, Pittsburgh is an, a known entity when it comes to uh, national teams and products and all of that stuff. So like, yes, they travel very well. But but this has been a problem since Mercedes-Benz Stadium has been around. It's it's very, very friendly for uh, opposing fans. In fact, I tweeted during the game that it's embarrassing how often Mercedes-Benz Stadium feels like an away game for the Falcons. And yeah. Grady Jarrett liked that tweet. So <laughs> he he agrees with me. Um, Get out of here. And, yep. So, uh, yeah. So. It's I, it's kind of a problem. I I don't know how to fix it. It's something we talked about when when I worked for the Falcons. Like, it nobody really loves these PSL models. Uh, it's it's makes it feel very corporate sterile. You just get a benefit for selling your tickets. So I don't think that there's a solution to that. But if Desmond Ritter is your quarterback for your final two home games, I have to imagine you're going to get a few more butts in the seats uh, than you might otherwise. Exactly. You know, I put it. Uh, I tweeted about. Um... Desmond Ritter's super villain story, origin story is like starting. <laughs> I, I just see him back there saying, one day, one day they'll see, they'll such appreciate my greatness. And like <laughs> what's going through his head, he like the man's going to crack. Like there, there is a world where Desmond Ritter is not okay with this. And it is taking every ounce of, of, of decency he has to pretend like, we're fine. I'm fine. I'm okay <laughs> with watching somebody who he probably believes he is, much better to but better than and seeing an inferior quarterback go out there and lose game after game after game he's like and these guys won't give me a shot because i i know the feeling to an extent i had uh alan ricard you know nice guy uh fullback mm-hmm. for uh jamal lewis uh back in baltimore and he, he wasn't bad uh he, he was okay i feel like jamal made him look amazing and Jamal did all the work and I, I'm sitting here dissecting everything. I watch Alan like, you know, fall down, but Jamal like blows over a guy anyway. It's going first down. I'm going to be, yeah, yeah, we did it. I'm like we did it. He didn't do anything. Right? I, I watch him. I go the wrong way. I watched him get like decked by a linebacker because, you know, he was like 235, 240 and I was like 255, you know, all muscle came straight from college, like ready to go. And I'm out here in practice doing guys in. He was like, yeah, me and Jamal, me and Jamal. I was like, no, no, it's <laughs> I, I, my Superville origin story started there too, because I was just so angry. I was so irritated. I was so ready. I, I took out, I tried to take out my aggression on Delius Thomas, Bart Scott, Peter Bowler, and you know, Ray Lewis. It didn't work very well, but <laughs> I got like iron sharpened iron. And I, yeah. I got better. And it got to the point where those guys told me to slow down during practice because they wanted to save their shoulders for the game. Like, Hey, Hey, young buck, slow down year one, year two, year three. He had an injury. I got in there and I never stopped starting for an NFL team, but you know, Desmond Ritter has got to be going insane. Like he, he must have great pain. I already know uh, a little about him. He has great morals and, you know, a great family and all that stuff, but that can only go so far. It's got to be rough watching this and knowing in your heart of hearts, you can do better. And it seems like the Falcons are going to entertain the possibility of, of making that change. Arthur Smith said after the game that every option is on the table and that they have to, you know, look at what they need to do to get things kind of turned around, change the course of this. But again, it may be too late 
it, even if Tampa Bay loses, New Orleans is there. And, and the Falcons have a game against New Orleans and Tampa. So that would actually be the whole run of it is Desmond Ritter's first start, if it does come after the bye week, would be on the road against New Orleans in a key divisional game for this team. So that's why I think that he might not change. I, I think Arthur yeah, Smith might just a tough get, spot. get uh, same thing because <laughs> even when we wanted uh, him to change Marcus that like, after, like a couple of games ago, yeah, after Marcus the Carolina came back game. had a decent game and I think he won that game. I was the bears or somebody, but we were like saying, change him. He's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Cause oh, it's when he fell on the ground and threw it when he on the ground. Like what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah. What are we watching? What is going on? <laughs> Does everybody else see this? Arthur's got to see this. There's no way that Marcus starts again. And like you said, well, we still have a chance for the playoffs. And so Mark, and he trotted back out there and he, he did better. He did, he did more, mm-hmm. more good than bad. Like, okay, maybe, maybe Arthur's right. Maybe, you know, this is the right thing to do, but it's just hard to watch when maybe Desmond Ritter is, you know, a Russell Wilson esque type of guy. We talked about earlier this season. Maybe he's going to go out there and, and give us, you know, a bunch of energy and be accurate and throw on the run and have all this boxing. Maybe he can, be like the, the quarterback that, that we need. So we don't have to draft one. Yeah. We don't have to get a free agent one. But we don't know that. We won't know that. We don't give him some in-game opportunities to either make it or break it. So I'm like, just for the Falcons' future sake, don't, don't waste <laughs> a pick on somebody if you don't know what you have in this guy. So even if we're so-so, even if we got a sliver, let's see if this guy can be part of our story. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully we'll see some Desert Ritter, but... I don't know. I I mean, I completely agree. And I think a lot of a lot of people out there do. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast are like, yeah, yes. Like, let's why? What? What are we waiting for? Right. Yeah. Let's see what we've got before, you know, quarter. Like, if you don't have a quarterback, that's always going to be your number one problem. And so before we go potentially into a draft, maybe taking a quarterback very highly trading up to, to get one. I mean, there are good quarterbacks in this draft. What do we have in Desmond Ritter, the guy that you thought that potentially could be something down the line? And and let's see what how far he's matured, I guess, because we saw him in the preseason. Yes, the coaching staff, they've seen him all throughout this this whole time. But I do think it's time for the fans to like, let's just see yeah. what's going on. How's he how's he coming along? You know, like, let's get a little uh, a midterm uh, test here. Right. So let's really quickly before we get out of here. Just talk about the defense. Ovi, what were your uh, impressions of the defense? Not, not a real notable day, I think for Atlanta, but on the flip side, if you were going to make the argument held them to four field goals, you know, on, on trips down in inside of the red zone, yes. or down, down in the yes. high red area. And so, I mean, they kind of did exemplify the bend, but don't break. Yeah. And held them to 19 points. I mean, on a day when you hold an, an offense to under 20, like that's a good day for defense, right? I, that is a good day for defense, and and as hard as it was to watch, because again, Seals fans all around us, and they were making us understand how much of a bowling ball uh, Najee uh, was. Their running yeah. back, he was amazing in person. Again, on the third row, you can see things and, and see the guys on the Falcons uniform just get buckled back and seeing the offensive line of the Steelers, Dude, they were moving off. them. They yeah. were moving them like consistently. And it it felt bad, but he was a, a, a low. He had a couple of stiff arms. He, he jacked some guys to the ground. He broke out of tackle after tackle after tackle. I think you had a tweet about our tackling being something you can't really, it, it you can teach it, but like 
we should ought to tackle at the NFL level. And if the yeah. coaches are letting these guys leave practice without understanding how to tackle, that's a problem for everybody. And it looked like we couldn't tackle that game. I mean, the running back was just too good, but at the very least, we didn't let them score touchdowns when they were in touchdown in the red zone. They scored lots of field goals. Yep. And so that that was – I was surprised, pleasantly surprised. And <laughs> even though I expected us to be a little stronger uh, in, in the D-line with our linebackers, I, I still was impressed that we gave the offense a chance to win the game. And as an offensive player, that's all we want. If mm-hmm. uh, defense on the other side is letting them score touchdowns every single time, like, dude, we can't even catch up. If we do score, like there's like you're just like defeated. But yeah. if you see like some daylight, you're like, all right, let's go out there and and, and do our job. So I, I think the defense is um the bright side of, of our team right now, even as uh we lost this game. The offense, we have a run game. That's exciting. That's it. You know, yeah. that that that's it. Our 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 defense has uh done a, a decent job and done better than I, I actually expected. And we just got to make sure that we complete the circle and, and do our job of course some, some touchdowns. I, I think that's really well said. Um, I think that Atlanta's defense has done a good job of, of keeping this team in games, right? We talk about the mm. one score games lately. That's not been because of the offense. That's been because of the defense. Yeah. And we have seen the defense show the ability to finish off games late, which is crucial. I think to be a, dominant defense like that's usually the missing piece it's like having a great closer in baseball you know like that's the final piece to to really put you over the top um i think that atlanta can do that that they do have some playmakers but it's really just the kind of nuts and bolts foundational like getting these stops on third downs getting these first down runs where you allow three yards instead of six yards you know it's these little small things that I think Atlanta has really improved in over the course of the season. It's just a shame that it kind of is coinciding with a regression from Atlanta's offense. And I think that largely that just has to do with teams have the playbook on, on Atlanta's offense at this point, you know, like they they kind of know what to expect a little bit. They've got an, an idea of how to defend it. Well, like we have now seen, three straight games where the Falcons have been under 60 plays offensively and, and they're, kind of getting crushed in the time of possession game. Yep. They're just not running a lot of plays out there. Their third downs have not been effective. Uh, like, I think that we've just seen the Falcons bump up against the limitations of what the creativity that Arthur Smith brings to this offense can do out there on the football field. No, you're absolutely right. Cause we, we've won the games we've won because of some amazing play calling, uh, some great run games, offensive line doing some great stuff and some timely uh, plays on the defensive side. One thing we did not get, that fumble would have made a, a big difference. If, if we had a chance to uh, get that fumble, which I think 10 years ago would have been actually called a fumble. If we would have got the pass, pass interference call that uh, that they didn't call for us when we almost had a touchdown. So things didn't bounce our way either, but you, you got to play past that. Right. And uh, now that we've had some, not trickery, but – our cadence has now been able to be seen by the world of the NFL and they know how to stop us. Mm-hmm. And it, it comes down to talent at the end of the season, especially when guys are getting tired, guys are getting hurt. The teams that are more talented, have an easier chance of winning. Yep. Obviously we're not a chock full of talent and it's showing uh, at the end of the season to where we have zero room for error. 
And if we do have some errors, we don't get the calls that, that we should get, then it's it's going to be an, an L in, um, for us. And, and that's been happening more often than I'd like. Yeah, and I, it's just kind of a grind, I think, to play these types of games week in and week out, right? Like everything's yep. coming down to the wire. You have to maximize every little detail because you've got that deficiency talent-wise. But um, let's kind of wrap things up, Ovi, really quickly. Yeah. Where do the Falcons go from here? You know, five and eight. What do you think their final four games hold? Man, um, I think they uh, they they win two, lose two. I think that's what it is. But okay. if they if Desmond Ritter comes in, that that that's a Mariota Marcus stays. If Desmond Ritter comes in, I think we get three out of four. Just because I feel mm. like we have a spark in him, and we have enough. I, I've, he got a little Drake London in him. Like him and and Drake, you know, I've, I've seen them in some Falcons videos interacting, and, and they seem like they have this us against the world confidence that. Drake showed in this game, he had a couple of nice plays and, you know, he, he stared out a couple of people and, and showed that he's ready to actually, you know, play a little gritty, a little dirty. And I loved it. I, I think that Ritter also has that, that it factor. Uh, maybe I'm just pushing it on him, but just from what he's showed us in college and his maturity, I'm not worried about him, you know, being a, a guy who takes two, three, four games to get into it. First mm-hmm. game, it might be a little rusty, but after that, I feel like, he can give us a spark that we need. So I'll, I'm excited to, to get Desmond Ritter in. And, and uh, also, but before we leave, uh, I just joined a, a new group and I am trying to get to be like you, man. I, I, I want to get back <laughs> to being uh, uh, slim and, and healthy because oh, yeah. uh, Ovi has gotten to like an offensive lineman size. Like it's a 315 pound type of Ovi that – I got to get rid of. So uh, uh, Nuberty Men's Wellness League is over at uh, in Sandy Springs. Uh, they're, they're helping me out. Um, they got uh, the the uh, trainers and they got um, the uh, testosterone and ACG <laughs> and all this other stuff. And I'm checking them out because I don't want to wait till New Year's Eve to get started because when I do that, it's going to make oh, yeah. life a lot harder. So I'm trying to do it now, which is hard. I got all these Christmas parties to go to. So they got me on, on a diet plan and everything else. But we're we're gonna follow this this journey, and if if I do it, then then definitely anybody can do it. So I, I'm uh I'm gonna work with them for a little bit. Nuberty Men's Wellness League, check them out over in Sandy Springs for those who are in the Atlanta area. Heck yeah, I love that dude. You're yep. you're gonna be getting back into the thick of it. I'm Got gonna to. be going down with a baby and being tired as hell. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it. I'm I'm gonna totally avoid the gym like it's a it's a plague, I guess, for the next. You've earned that. You've three earned three months or so. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm not looking forward to that. I I need my gym time. I'm I'm still gonna find it honestly because uh, yeah. it's probably just good for everybody involved. If if I get away, if I get a little uh, a way to get some uh, some stress, some energy out, all that good stuff. But but yeah. that's awesome. I'm really happy for you. And, Appreciate uh, it. Let me know. Let me know if I can help you out uh, along the way on your, just, on your just journey make or sure give you any that, motivation. Yeah, all, all the uh, pizza places and the fast food places. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, the fried food places. Tell them to to close down when I drive by. <laughs> okay, and that would help a lot. But only you know, the Chipotle. That, that's yes. the only thing that can stay open. Okay, exactly. Only gotcha. healthy food. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that'll do it for today's podcast, which was presented by Bet Online. Please let everybody know where they can find us after the bye week for the stretch run. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be around the Falcons may or may not make this thing exciting at the, uh, at the very end today was certainly a blow to those hopes. Um, but there could be a lot to look for, including 
as Ovi wants to see the double D's, Desmond and Drake getting yep. uh, getting a connection going during the stretch. So that'll be huge for Atlanta's future. Um, but until then, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.